I've been thinking a lot this week about what I have heard people refer to sometimes as the delusional dance of relationships. It is the the idea here is that somehow I have this idea in my head of who I think other people are and in many cases it has nothing to do with who they are at all. It's it's all in my head. I have sort of decided somehow uh, or created this picture in my mind of who I of who I think they are and then my behavior as far as the choices that I make regarding my interactions with that person have so much to do with you know my thoughts about who I think that they are. I mean and in a lot of cases it feels like I am in the dark moving around and thinking that I'm seeing people when in fact all I'm seeing is my own projection of, of who I think this person is. And that's just really a metaphor. That's not really you know physically what it feels like. And this is a topic that I have talked to a lot of people about and have worked on this a lot in my own life because I have found that it has caused me challenges and difficulties when I am sometimes taken aback or surprised by someone's behavior. It's, you know, something that's not expected because I had decided in my mind somehow, and a lot of this is unconscious. I don't want to say that this is all, uh, you know, completely conscious and that I'm aware of all of it. Some of these things are really going on behind the scenes, so to speak, and I'm not necessarily actively thinking those thoughts about who I think they are. It's just somehow the you know that has happened silently in the background. I'm sure that some of that behavior that is unconscious is somewhat self-serving, at least in my case. I know that it is, and it, it probably has to do with trying to maintain some sort of balance in life and want to feel good about the things that are going on in my life. And so sometimes believing certain things or believing that a person, this is who they are, kind of having a picture in my head makes me feel better about myself and my own life. And then what happens is it, there begins to be an infrastructure that gets built. Then I start making decisions about what I can expect from this person, you know, how I think they will react to certain situations. And, you know, there again, a lot of this is very unconscious. We definitely, it really becomes conscious when we sort of bump into situations where we're very taken aback or very surprised by someone's behavior. I had a situation earlier this week that really illustrates the importance of being, you know, my needing to be more aware of when I am deluding myself somehow or, you know, deciding that I know who a person really is at their core and that how, you know, any types of expectations that I might have about how they're going to treat me or how they're going to react or respond to me in some way. And the idea here is is that I want to be more aware of this, not to beat myself up emotionally or to make myself feel bad or to judge myself for doing it. And there again, it's something that I, you know, if I just try not to do it, the more I'm going to try not to do it, the more I'm probably going to do it. Uh, I found that in most cases, just trying to brute force that 
tried to stop doing something for the sake of just not doing it. I realize there's a reason for trying not to do it, but uh, I'm, I'm actually, you know, trying to really look at this in a different way. The idea here is that the awareness from a mindfulness standpoint is what leads to, you know, over the uh, period of time, the changes in behavior that we want to see for ourselves. So I had a situation this week and not to go into all of the details about it, but what is important about this situation is how I reacted to it, or even more importantly than that is how I did not react to it. That's that's really the uh, the most important thing about this particular situation. And just the short version of this is I have a very dear friend who I have known for over 20 years and we have been through a lot together, a lot of, of, of you know, life challenges. Uh, we both have, you know, been at each other's side when we have struggled in different ways, when we have gone through, you know, diff- the difficult things in life that, that all of us do at different times. And this is one of those friendships that has, you know, had its challenges at times, but this is one of those people that I always believed no matter how difficult things get, that I could always count on him to be there for me and to be of support. And he has many, many times, and he has acknowledged to me that I've done the same. And what happened earlier this week, and it was completely unexpected, was that I shared some things, some thoughts about some things in my life that were happening. And there, you know, it was nothing that was in my mind, it wasn't anything that was terribly burdensome. It was not anything that I thought would be troubling in any way. Uh, this is a person who I've known for over 20 years. So the, I guess the belief here was, is that this is just me being me. Uh, it was not, it was actually something that was kind of out of the blue. It was not something that I had really spoken to him about in, you know, it's been months, if not years since it was ever discussed. So it's not like this was something that I was repeatedly bringing up uh, or complaining about or bemoaning the fact that, you know, that this was happening. This was just, you know, me sharing my thoughts about it. And it was in, I, it was in what I thought was a very, you know, positive, constructive way. I wasn't trying to pretend because this is, this is one of those people in my life who, you know, if I'm a mess, I can be a mess with him. I can be however I am. And there have been times when I have been a mess and I have been able to let him see that and he's done the same. And I, you know, there again, the, I, I almost found myself saying that that's what friends do, but there again, that in of itself is some sort of expectation. There, there's an expectation there. There is some sort of agenda, and I have to be. I want. I not only have to be, but I, even more importantly, I want to be aware of when I am making any assumptions about how a friendship should be, or really making any assumptions about how people should be at all. And what happened in this moment, and this is really where mindfulness and mindful coping really were, you know, the, the practice that I have, and this is there again, it's a practice that anyone can undertake. But what I found was that it helped tremendously. And I was almost really surprised by the fact that I shared some things with him and they were not you know, these are things I've spoken about before. It had been quite a long time ago before I had spoken about it. 
and this is usually a person that is very usually very constructive usually has really really insightful feedback and instead I got a response that he no longer wished me to share you know that I he he no longer wanted me to share you know the you know these kinds of, of struggles any further and there again it wasn't so much about the struggle it was about how I was coping with it and we have both you know kind of coached each other and been there for each other to give you know constructive feedback when we have struggled and coped with situations like this and what ended up happening was I was so surprised and you know it was said in a nice way and but at the same time I was just completely taken aback. I was, and literally, I remember the exact moment at which that was communicated to me electronically. And, you know, we're messaging back and forth. And I saw those words, and I just could not believe it. I literally was in shock. I thought, I just, there was just no way in which I could believe that this is the person who I've been through so much with And he had no reasons at all other than the fact that he just did not want to talk about this anymore at all. And it really surprised me because it's something that I really don't talk about very often. Uh, It was really just kind of a garden variety situation. It wasn't anything that was controversial in any way or something that would make him uncomfortable. And what I found myself doing at that moment was I all of a sudden all these feelings are coming up and I was literally overwhelmed with feelings. I was hurt, I was sad. There was definitely some anger there. I was absolutely bewildered by it. And it just, you know, but it really just it hurt. It just I didn't really understand why it was happening. And luckily you know, there, and there wasn't really, and that's, I guess, the thing that really surprises me. There was, all of a sudden, I just became, and there again, it's not that it just happened on its own. It happened, and this is really to illustrate an important point, because I've practiced being that way. It's not that I am innately that way or naturally in my natural state. That's the way I am. It's because I have practiced that, and it was just strange to have received a response like that from a person who... I have talked with extensively and learned a lot from regarding mindfulness. And then suddenly to find myself being on the receiving end of something that I, there again, I didn't think that was who he was. I, you know, the fact that he would just shut the door on me that way and just really basically say, I don't want to, you know, I I don't want to discuss this. Please don't share this with me. And this is a person who I really believed in my mind. That's who I thought he was. I thought he was a person who was very interested in mindfulness and in mindful coping. And this is a person who we've discussed this for years. And I had no previous indications that anything had changed with him. And I guess what I would say is is that all of a sudden I found myself not really knowing what to do because I had this, you know, who I thought he was and who he was being were complete, two completely different, those were two completely different things. And the, the incongruence of my thoughts about who he is and who he was actually being were just breathtaking. I mean, it was astounding to me. 
and I found myself becoming very aware very quickly that I was feeling all these different feelings and they were really kind of almost competing what I would refer to as they're competing for airtime you know the the anger the sadness the being hurt bewildered in shock disappointed uh feeling guilty somehow that, you know, had I done something wrong, had I said something wrong, and then I'm thinking somehow that it's my fault, so I am, you know, judging myself and and being critical of myself, and this entire whirlwind of emotions and feelings, and what was even more debilitating, potentially, was all the thoughts that I was having about those feelings, and very quickly after... I felt myself reacting to this something just, you know, I remembered. It's like I returned back to the present moment and it's almost as if, you know, there again, I wasn't really talking to myself verbally, but I was actually remembering, okay, this is, you know, this is what you're feeling right now. These are the, you know, these are reactions. These are feelings and emotions the thoughts. It was just like literally like what I call a thought storm. It was just, I was literally just, uh, my circuits were overloaded with everything. But at the same time, the, the thing that's really odd about it is I had this sense that I was, you know, what I refer to as I was sitting on the sidelines watching my mind go through all of these incredible gyrations. And I think it's important during these times to remember that while the mind and body are connected and it's hard to separate the two, that the fee- a lot of the feelings that I'm having, I'm having in my body and as well as in my mind. But then again, the thoughts are all in my mind. So there's all this stuff going on, all this energy moving around in my body. And I'm just, and, and it was really beneficial for me to understand that you know, that's why it feels so overwhelming. And the more that I was paying attention to the fact that I was feeling these things, but that they did not define me. These were, this is just something that my body and my mind are going through. And it would have been very tough for me to have done that had I not practiced mindfulness. And there again, this is available to anyone who chooses to do this. And I have worked with and talked with enough people who have practiced and sustain the mindfulness practice over a period of years that have this experience and sometimes are very surprised by it. And I will tell you that it is no, it's no magic bullet. It's no quick fix. I still find myself hurt by what was said. I still find myself feeling let down and disappointed. And it's not only about what he said, it was the way that he said it and even more so what really causes a lot of that pain is I had you know the the, the the incongruence or the difference between who I thought he was and clearly I believed that he would never say those things to me and that he yet he did and I feel like I want to embrace that truth I mean he ultimately did for whatever reason and the thing is I don't need to know the reason I really don't it really does not matter I, at the end of the day, it was kind of like I, you know, once I could sit on the sidelines and just watch my mind and let my mind and body go through whatever they were going to go through, the worst thing for me, I truly believe, is for me to have tried to have gotten actively involved 
in believing everything I was thinking about what I was feeling. Because if I would have done that, I know I would have lashed out at him. I was very, very hurt, feeling very, very vulnerable, and that's usually when we tend to lash out. I could have said some terribly, terribly hurtful things to him. I was thinking them, but it was as if, you know, with mind, you know, with a sustained mindfulness practice over a period of years, I didn't have to struggle, thankfully. I didn't have to struggle to sit on the sidelines. You know, I, I, I didn't really feel much of a compunction to, you know, actively jump in and really give energy to this process that my mind and my body were going through. It was, a, and it can be very startling. I have, you know, worked with many people over the years when they experience this really strongly the first time, it can be rather startling to literally stand outside yourself. And that's kind of just a phrase. It's not really what's happening, but it's, you're really seeing, you're kind of looking and seeing yourself from a different vantage point. And it's really, I think all it really is, is perspective. It's just, you have a different perspective and you can see yourself going through something emotionally and be able to not actively believe everything that you're thinking. You know you're thinking things. You can't stop the thoughts from happening. I don't think it's, I mean, personally, I've never been able to do that with myself. I've never been able to stop the thoughts. Uh, when I first started mindfulness practice, I thought that's a, what a lot of this was about, was just trying to get quiet and trying to not have thoughts. But after a period of time, I learned that you really can't do that. And after working with numerous teachers and spending, you know, longer periods of time meditating and working on mindfulness practice, was I able to figure out that, you know, it's, it's really not about trying not to think those thoughts. They just, they have a life of their own. They have a life cycle. They run their course. And at some point they wither away and, and dissipate in their own time. And meanwhile, where I, where I really want to be is, you know, what I refer to as sitting on the sidelines. And what I want to be doing is really, first of all, you know, finding a way to calm my mind using a meditative practice of some sort, and then really allowing myself to be mindful of what I'm doing. What, you know, what, how am I reacting? What, you know, what is it? What am I thinking? you know, all these feelings that I'm having, what, well, you know, as much as we can label them. And I know sometimes labeling things can be misleading, but as you know, there again, we don't want to get so caught up in that, that we are driving ourselves nuts trying to figure out what I call this particular feeling. It's really more about just feeling those things and just letting them run their course because they all really are just a different form of nervous energy. It's some sort of you know, these are, this is just energy moving through our body and moving through our minds. And it's just, you know, a, a habitual human response to things external to us, you know, external stimuli. This is, this is just textbook being human is what I'd refer to that as. And so if I can just let these things run their course, it, I'm going to suffer much less. And that's really the idea here. And that's really why, you know, if you asked me, you know, what is the point of mindfulness practice? What is the point of mindful coping practice? It is really to cause, you know, it's to suffer less because it's the suffering is needless. We don't have to or need to suffer. And even more importantly, it's, you know, I want to make sure I'm not causing suffering for others. And that's an, a very, very big part of this. The, the idea here is to really not cause any harm or any suffering to anyone else by my habitual human reactions to things.
And what's interesting about this situation is, is that uh, this person and I have not had a chance to sit down and really talk about this. Um, I have very kindly let him know, you know, how I received this communication that I need some time. And that's, you know, there again, that's one of those very important parts of mindful coping. You know, this happened very unexpectedly. I was not ready for it, clearly. a lot. Of, there's a lot of things in life that we can never really be ready for. I had other responsibilities. I had other things that needed to be done. And I could not afford to stop, you know, in terms of talking about just my, you know, from an energy and a time standpoint. I did not, I could not afford to waste time and energy completely shutting down emotionally as a result of this. And certainly I felt the compunction to do so. I clearly wanted to shut down. I mean, that's, and I think that's very, very normal, but I did not have the time and the energy to do that. And, you know, the, the choice was made very quickly, you know, and there again, that's to me what mindful coping really is. I'm, you know, first I am mindful of how I'm reacting and the fact that I am reacting in some way. And then it is a conscious choice to cope no matter what the situation is. I still want to be, you know, I want to be able to be mindful on my feet in the middle of life while it's happening. And that means taking care of the responsibilities that are in front of me, uh, being responsible to those that I love and care about and those that I feel a, a sense of responsibility to. Uh, it's not their fault that this happened, and they certainly shouldn't have to suffer for that. Uh, I'm not superhuman, but at the same time, though, I'm capable of choosing to cope instead of shutting down. And there again, I'm not judging. I have emotionally shut down many times in my life. It's also possible to emotionally shut down for a very short period of time, only to finally come back to a place where we you know, can realize that we are shutting down that we don't have to do that, you know, there again, not beating ourselves up emotionally or judging ourselves for doing it, but just making that choice to get back into life and to cope in a mindful way. It's really what that's about. And so that's, you know, in this case, that's what I chose to do. And it's not always been the choice. I, there have been times where I have shut down for a period of hours. It could be a day. It could be a period of days. But the more mindful that I am, that I am doing that, it's, it makes it much harder for me to sustain a position of being shut down. After a while, it just sort of feels kind of hollow and empty. It's kind of like, you know, I, I know I can be more mindful of how I'm reacting or responding to something. And then when I'm mindful of that, I'm also mindful of all the responsibilities that I have. And it's not, it's not about guilt. It's not about feeling like, you know, somehow this is, you know, I'm feeling guilty because I'm not taking care of this or that because I'm choosing to be shut down. And I realize too, sometimes there are very extreme emotional events. I'm not really talking about, you know, extraordinary events that sometimes require professional help or resources. We need help from others uh, who know how to work with people who are in a really, really acute state of, of emotional shutdown. This is more along the lines of just the everyday, what I call the everyday garden variety uh, aches and pains of life. These are just the things that, you know, sometimes it's a little more than than garden variety, but it's not an emergency situation. Those, the, the, that's a completely different subject. But life, you know, is, 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 and I think for most people I've talked to, is full of these garden variety situations that come up 
on a more regular basis. There are, you know, the bumps, you know, the sort of the bumps that we run into uh, in our li- in our daily lives, the things that don't quite go the way that we'd hoped or expected, uh, or when people, you know, surprise us, be, you know, behaviorally speaking. So it was really about, you know, just taking a deeper look at how mindfulness and mindful coping helped me to be able to embrace the fact that I was reacting to this and that then at that point it's really my the choices it's up to me what am I going to do what am I not going to do and thankfully I've been able to give myself and and to be honest with this person and tell them that I need time to process this and there's nothing wrong with that sometimes it's maybe best not to talk talk it out right away sometimes we need to be a little more clear on what it is that we how we really feel what we're thinking about how we're feeling and then you know it may be that we need to question some things and unpack some things in terms of assumptions that we've made and beliefs that we've held on to about who we think someone is and the expectations or even uncovering an unconscious agenda that we might have it's not an evil agenda it's just that somehow we may have have had an idea in our mind of how things were going to go with this person and they, you know, in some cases, or sometimes in a lot of cases, they don't turn out that way. Things don't go as planned. And when I step out away from this, it's really getting back to what I was speaking about in the beginning. It's this, I want to acknowledge the fact that relationships of all kinds, friendships, family, acquaintances, you know, business uh, relationships, uh, personal or romantic relationships, They all can really be a delusional dance, so to speak, unless we're more mindful of the thoughts that we're having about the feelings that we have that come from these relationships, these interactions that take place within these various kinds of relationships. And I want to be able to acknowledge my humanness and acknowledge the fact that, yes, I sometimes have been vulnerable and have you know, been prone to dancing that delusional dance in, in, in various kinds of relationships with people. And when I discover that the fact that I have been doing that, then what I really want to do is not judge myself and not beat myself up for it, but really take some time to work with those, all of those assumptions that I have made about that person, all of the beliefs that I've held on to. And it's a, it's a work in progress. It's something that takes time. But the most important thing I believe in regards to mindfulness practice and mindful coping to allow us to try to have the most meaningful life that I can have and to suffer as little as possible, to not make it any harder than life already has to be is really the idea here. And not to make anyone else's life any harder than it has to be is to just be aware and stay aware uh, with these various relationships and these various interactions and making sure that I'm not engaging in that delusional dance because that's, you know, we, all of us humans are prone to, uh, finding ourselves in, you know, delusion. We can, we can, you know, it's, it's easy to do. It's very, very human. But at the same time though, I want to really make sure that I can be as aware as I possibly can of when that's happening and do the work that I need to do so that these relationships will be as, as, as healthy as they possibly can be because in the end my life really and all of our lives 
really have a lot to do with the relationships that we have, the, the various kinds of relationships. And I want to really try to be out in the light and really, you know, see not who I think this person is. And as much as I can know who someone is, I want to try to be able to see that and embrace it as much as I possibly can. Being a human being and having the limitations that I have, I want to be able to see and appreciate who they really are, whether I like it or not. And and whether or not it falls in line with my idea of who I think that person is. It's really about seeing them for who they really are and acknowledging when I haven't done that. 